listening to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast from Clear Creek Community Church, located in the Bay Area of Houston. Welcome everyone to the Clear Creek Resources Podcast. I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for listening today. In Matthew 28, 19, in what's known as the Great Commission, Jesus says, Go therefore and make disciples. So it has been pointed out that the word go in that passage actually means as you are going. So as you are going about in your normal everyday life, you make disciples. On this episode, we get to hear a conversation with Ryan Leighton with campus pastors Chris Alston and Carl Garcia, and they talk about how they intentionally and authentically engage in relationship with people just in their everyday life. I can't wait to hear it. Let's listen. All right, guys. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Awesome. All right, so uh, Matthew twenty-eight nineteen is known as the Great Commission. Uh, we probably know it well. I'm not going to put you on the spot and make you quote it for us. Uh, but it says, go therefore, make disciples of all nations. And uh, we've probably heard before people who've preached this or, uh, you know, if you're reading a commentary, they point out that the word go in there isn't this like command to go like we normally would think about it, but it actually has more of a sense of as you are going, make disciples. So why is that important in your mind to make that distinction? And why is that significant? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously not a a one time just kind of go somewhere. It's kind of just, it's your lifestyle, right? It's like every everywhere you go, every morning, every day, you know, that's our call as those who are sent by God is to make disciples wherever we are, wherever we go. So I think that's the distinction because I think in, in some people's minds, it might be like, okay, I'm going to go on a mission trip to somewhere across the ocean. And they see that text of scripture as some kind of command to go somewhere. Uh, it might just be go across the street or, you know, live missionally in your neighborhood or in your kids' activities. Yeah. yeah. I guess when I think about that, Ryan, it it's also gives this sense of, look, as you go, it's not like as you go to church. It's not as you go to small group. It's not as you go, as Chris said, on a mission trip. It's as you go. It's it, There's a sense of it. It's as you are, as you go about everything in your life think and be thinking about how are we going to make disciples? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you know, we've been talking about this table talk series and yeah. a lot of that has been focusing on as you're going around the table, you know, yeah. as you're right. eating meals with people and you're going to lunch with your uh, coworkers or you're inviting people into your home. But, uh, you know, obviously what we're talking about is it's, it's uh, much more broadly applied to not just the table, but every aspect of your life. Yeah. Uh, so you look at the life of Jesus, and we've talked about this so far in this series. What are the different markers or points in his ministry that really stand out to you where you see him ministering to people, maybe specifically around the table or just as he's going throughout his life? Yeah, Ryan, when I think about like the table, even in the series we're in about table talk, uh, one of my takeaways is, look, it, it's even beyond just your family being there at the table. It's Who are you going to invite to be at the table with you? Who are you going to say, hey, I'm willing to be at the table with someone that don't look like me, they don't act like me, they don't believe like me, they don't vote like me, uh, any number of things. And I think we see that with Jesus. I mean, he's with tax collectors and sinners. And same time, yeah, he's with his disciples. Mm -hmm. And so there's this sense of it's not an either or. Really, it's a both and. Mm -hmm. I just think it's intentionality, right? That's obviously, I mean, Jesus was on a very clear mission his whole life. But, I mean, it didn't matter if he was walking down the street. He was intentional to see the people that were around him and engage them in conversation, meet their needs, you know, pick up some object lesson, you know, that happened to be nearby and and use it as a teachable moment for the people that were around him or just showing up in the tabernacle and 
unrolling scrolls, you know what I mean? So he was just intentional that everywhere he went, he saw it as an opportunity, you know, to proclaim, you know, good news. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting to, to point out, and we've already said this in the series, how often he was misunderstood even for doing that. The people he was interacting yeah. with him, mean, you talk about he's eating with tax collectors and sinners. He's also eating with Pharisees. And mm-hmm. so he's got the, the whole yeah. gamut of everyone who's part of this society. And that was a little bit shocking for them. Um, you know, what, what are some of your reflections on thinking about people, you know, being up in arms because they're shocked by who's, who Jesus is hanging out with? Yeah. You know, I, I guess... I often reflect on my own story, Ryan, of uh, coming to faith later in Christ and a lot of the brokenness that I dealt with and have dealt with and, and probably even continue to deal with and uh, how people uh, that were followers of Christ uh, just on all ends of the spectrum chose to either interact with me or not interact with me. Now, I often tell a story about coming into Clear Creek Community Church. I'll never forget. I'm like, how do I not know anybody here? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? I don't know. I know everybody in this community. I don't know any of these people. And yet it was a, a group of people here at Clear Creek that really uh, would would choose to spend time with a with a broken dude like me and start investing in me. And then, you know, God did what only God can do in that. I think about, uh, you know, one of the passages we always point to um, is in Matthew where uh, it's a story of Matthew coming to faith. Jesus calls him and then he turns around and um, it's immediately Jesus is in his house. And it says that his house is full of all these tax collectors and sinners. And, you know, the Pharisees have an issue with it. And we, we've referred to those as, as Matthew yep. parties, right? I mean, right. like inviting people into your home that, um, you know, might be far from God or, and you're trying to, you know, live an example and love them and serve them in a way that, that they might want to know the hope that you found in the gospel. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think about, I mean, just the fact that you love people. So for me, it was modeled more in my family, like in my home growing up, like we were Christians and we would have, you know, church groups over to the house, but there was multiple weekends that we would have all kinds of different people in our home, you know? And so I think my parents modeled really well for me. Just, we just love people, you know, it doesn't really matter if they even believe the same thing we believe, or even their, you know, their decision-making isn't something we would even approve of. We loved people, and we got around the table. My mom loved to always have people around the table. So I think it was a model for me early on that, you know, it's like I don't want to just hole up with a bunch of Christian people that all think and believe the same way that I think and believe. Like there's there's a call to love people in general. And then obviously we know that we have a, a message of hope for, for people that are, you know, maybe chasing after things that aren't bringing them joy and hope that we think that it should. So, uh, so I think for me it started out just being modeled by my home life where – we never knew who was going to show up at the table. You know, we always joked kind of it was one of those Thanksgiving jokes that was like, I wonder who mom's going to invite this year to have Thanksgiving with us, you know, because we never knew, you know, what kind of person that she might've just found that she wanted to show love to and get them around our table. So that was that model for me, you know, let's, let's do this. So. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, you know, I think we're friends, right? We're, we're considered friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess so. I guess so. Some, I've been to your home and stuff. And one of the things that I appreciate about you guys is that you live this out, not, not because you're pastors, but because, you know, you're a follower of Jesus and you love people around you. And so I see you uh, interacting with people and not just people who are part of the church, inviting people over and um, who are, you know, active or leaders, but also your friends and neighbors. So, I mean, it's, you, you are guys that, that practice what we preach when we encourage people to get outside of their box and invite their neighbors and have relationships of authenticity and integrity and 
and loving and serving your neighbors. And I see you guys do that all the time. And so, uh, I, you know, I know it's, uh, you're not going to want to brag about yourself or those things, but I do, I mean, I want to hear those stories of, of what that has looked like for you. What does it look like now and the different stages of life and how you've taken advantage of those stages of life to engage in the relationships around you. Uh, and then hear stories about how God has, has used you in those moments. So, uh, what, what does that look like over the time over, uh, I guess over periods of time, seasons of life for you to engage with, with people in your everyday life as you're going. Yeah. I, I think for me, Aaron, first off, uh, my name is Ryan, by the way, uh, we're, we're such a close right. friends over here. Yeah, We're great friends. Yeah, we're tight. <laughs> anyway, Bob, what I was telling you was, I mean, you and Jim here are just great friends. And so I really appreciate yeah. that. Uh, Ryan, uh, one of the things that has, uh, driven kind of my, as you are going, number one has just kind of been where I lived and kind of stage of life. So, uh, my wife and I were, you know, living in uh, South Shore for uh, years, you know, raising kids and getting kids out of the house. And so we were in, you know, community like a lot of us are now, a lot of kids and uh, people. So finding ways just to continue to engage with our neighbors. And, you know, uh, I'll enjoy an occasional cigar and not saying, hey, I think everybody needs to do this. I'm just saying for me as I go, I do that occasionally. And so I would, I'd have opportunities to invite dads on the street that were out there to come and, and sit with me. And I saw God do some incredible things in that one. I'd have guys sit down with me for an hour and a half, two hours. Uh, and God did some incredible things, specifically a neighbor two doors down that was looking at getting divorced. God, God used that time that I would, I'd have this individual sitting with me on multiple occasions uh, to work through that time and help redeem that marriage. So he used that. And then later we would, we'd go on to where we're living now. Now we're empty nesters and it looks different. But again, I try to be intentional with being outside and I fish with my neighbors. I invite them over to the house. Again, there's some of those guys that'll enjoy a cigar will come over and sit down. And uh, I've seen God do some great things where we're able to, to remove barriers that people may think, oh, here's church boy. I know what church boy is going to say. I know how church boy is going to act. And then when there's some common ground that we may have over something as simple as sharing a cigar, it, it's uh, removed barriers and given greater opportunities for me to share the gospel. Mm, that's awesome. What about you, Chris? What does it look like? His name's Bob. Yeah. Bob. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> now, for me, it's just kind of showing up, right? So, again, similar seasons of life. You know, in my neighborhoods, there's just times where we're just trying to show up. And so I can think about a couple couple seasons where my neighbors were, they were kind of the always in their garage, right? So it's like these dudes were always hanging out in their garage. They might have been pitching washers or throwing a keg party in their garage. And so I just want to show up and go out and try to beat them in washers, you know, earn some respect that way. But really just even showing up, I can remember on multiple occasions, but one specifically, um, this guy was having a big party in his garage. They all had the keg out there. And so I show up, um, and he's like, Hey everybody, my pastor's here. You know, I'm like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't know I was your, I thought we were neighbors. I didn't know I was your pastor. And then he, they all raised the glass. Let's everybody give the pastor a big hell. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so, but I mean, just showing up in those environments where it's like, Hey man, we're just friends. We're neighbors. This is, this is something that you're doing that you enjoy. I'll come over and hang out with you for a while. Um, and then that's changed over time. Like Carl said, like when my kids were doing sports, you know, they were heavy in sports. And so we spent a lot of time in the bleachers or on the sidelines and just really tried to just show up and, and maximize those times. Again, your kids practice more than they should. So there's a lot of dead time. Like, I don't know how much we need to watch our kids practice. So I'm thinking, man, during practice, let's just, let's just build some relationships and let's kind of be intentional about some time on the bleachers or on the sideline. And so I've tried to show up in that way. 
And so I think it's more of that. And then another thing for me is just showing up in the community. Um, so I think community, I, I grew up in a small town where Friday night football was kind of the place where the community showed up. I know maybe around here, there's a lot of other options, but I still kind of have that in my blood. And so, you know, for years, I just show up on Friday nights because um, there's, there's bands and there's cheerleaders and there's football players and the community's there, families are there. And just being consistent in that, you know, really almost over 20 years, the relationships I've got to build in the community and conversations I've got to have so that kind of like what Carl was saying is when when people really started to struggle with some real real life issues and they didn't know where to turn, I mean, my phone would ring or they'd pull me aside at a game and go, hey, man, can we talk about this? And maybe we had never had a spiritual conversation before, but because they were going through a really significant life stage that they knew who I was. They knew that I was a, a consistent face. They knew that I cared about them and our community. You know, it gave me opportunity, you know, to, to speak into their lives and love them and share the hope of Jesus in that situation. So I think so showing up has just been a big, a big rhythm for me. Just how can I just be present? You see that also, though, on your street. I know we've talked about you yep. getting with your neighbors and hanging out there. Yeah, I mean, you're, it's like you're you're talking about your life when your kids are younger. It's like that's what I'm living yeah, in now. Yeah. So, I mean, my kids are all three of them are in elementary school. And, uh, you know, even recently we had, you know, parent night at the school. And so just walking around the hallways, which we haven't been able to do in a while, mm-hmm. was just a refreshing thing to see people and interact with people and the teachers and um, you know, and it's cool to see other people from Clear Creek who are yep. digging into those relationships and loving people and finding ways that they can volunteer in their kids' schools. And yeah, I mean, our, our street is, you know, we've got kids always on bikes roaming around. I mean, we've yeah. got uh, kids, I, I mean, we don't even know where they're coming from, but they're, they're coming from <laughs> yeah. streets over. Other and neighborhoods. Yeah, and they're hanging out. And it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun and pretty, you know, amazing to see. And then all the sports things, too. I mean, try to be somewhat active. I mean, coach whenever I can coach. I mean, coaching uh, fall baseball right now and um, trying to be involved with ever, whenever I can because, yeah, as you're going, you know, it's, it's a way for people. I, I find it's a way for people to see you in, in normal life, right? Yeah. I mean, if they know me as a pastor or not as a pastor, whatever it is, they're, they're seeing you as a normal life. And then as you are um, making the, you're living in a way that the hope of the gospel is starting to become more and more evident in how you view things and how you treat people, how you coach the kids. Mm-hmm. Then when people have those train wreck moments mm-hmm. and they're like, who's in my life that I can go to that has listened to me, who has intentionally like looked me in the eyes and seen to care for me, encourage me. Uh, you know, it could be that person who's, Oh, I know he's a pastor or it could be just someone that I know of like, I think they go to this church and I just yeah. need someone to, to, uh, someone to talk to. And, yeah. you know, that might be an experience that we have, um, somewhat because we're, we're pastors in the community, but I know a lot of people who have that same experience in their oh, yeah. workplace, you know, just yeah. because people, You know, in the conversation, they talk about how, you know, I go to this church or I'm in part of this Mm -hmm. small group. And so people sort of start to see that person like, oh, that's that's that that Christian person. And maybe they're a little bit weirded out by that person (laughs) until, again, they have that train wreck. And then they're like, that's the person I'm going to go talk to because that's that's the person I feel like I can trust in my life Mm -hmm. or trust in my workplace. And, uh, man, that's you get to see God do some pretty cool things in those moments. Yeah, I I, I remember uh, just as you're talking story about uh, the DeGroote family at, you know, our campus, Brandy and Jason DeGroote and Brandy and Jason talking about being in the stands at all of their kids sporting events and uh, Brandy just saying she knew the intentional move for her was to take take the earbuds out mm. where there'd be an opportunity to engage and those guys are just hyper missional as it is but really even having that mind about yourself that this is an as you go moment that you need to take advantage of mm. yeah 
Absolutely. I think genuinely caring for people, right? I mean, again, people love to talk about themselves, you know? Yeah. And so, again, part of it is just caring enough about what's important to them, what's going on in their lives. And so I found that true. Like, I mean, I, I could, it could be months. They don't have any idea who I am, what I do, what I care about. But I know everything about them because I've tried to be intentional to go, hey, what's important to you? What do you value? Tell me about your kids. And so I think, again, having that genuine care about the person, then when you said when, when things are difficult in their lives, they're like, oh, this guy cares about me and, you know, doesn't really have an agenda. He's just, he's just out here being a dude trying to, trying to be, have honest conversations with me. And so I've, I've seen that that's opened up those doors. I think, in, you know, we're not an agricultural society, but, you know, you see a lot of times in Scripture where it's like, you know, this guy plants and this guy waters, God causes the growth, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I try to think about that not being in agriculture, you know, some of you might have, Oh, you're you know, from Alabama. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah, you're from that small town. Yeah. Dude. Wasn't that like, you know, but you got a high school class, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to cultivate the soil. Right. So yeah. part of that is just building genuine relationships where it's like, you're just kind of softening the soil so that you can, you know, plant some seeds of truth in there. And so that's kind of been a mentality I've taken. It's like, man, how can I just kind of nurture the soil in a way that when there is an opportunity to, to drop a little bit of seed of, hope I have in Jesus mm-hmm. that, you know, at least that soil is not like, who's this dude talking to me about Jesus? They're like, oh, I know who this guy is. I know he's a real deal. I know he cares. And so I may be a little more receptive to that seed of truth when the opportunity comes. And at the end of the day, like I said, God causes the growth. I'm not, I'm not going to change this guy's heart or change his mind, but I'm doing my part. Yeah. I think it's significant. You point out that, uh, a lot of times it's just asking someone questions about themselves yeah. because I think, Sometimes, you know, especially if you're like, oh, you know, building relationships with people, sharing the gospel. Something like, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't yeah. know what to say, how to do all that. And like, just ask questions about themselves. You know, you'd be For surprised sure. at how much people will just go on talking about themselves. And, yeah. um, you know, I know for, you know, I mean, one of the things you can you know all these things about this yeah. person because you're asking questions and follow-up questions. And they've never even asked me the whole like, well, what do you do, right. you know? Um, and how when that happens, how, how do you answer that? Yeah, when they, well, and that's the thing. That's what I, I mean, it's funny, you know, whenever that comes up, it's like, well, I'm a pastor. And then all of a sudden, like they kind of have this, yeah. you know, look on their face for whatever reason. So they're, they're replaying like, did I, did I, have I cussed in the last few minutes? Am I drinking a beer right now? Am I doing something? You know? And it's like, you know, you have yeah, to relax, sort of relax, help someone to relax. But I feel like that's, that's part of what I'm trying to do with people. It's like, I want you to, to know me as Ryan, the normal yeah. person yeah. before you find out that I'm a pastor. And then all of a sudden you have to like cover everything up and make sure that like, you know, yeah. um, that, that's funny because there, there always seems to be some shift in that whenever oh, that yeah. question gets asked almost to the point. I'm like, well, uh, I work for a nonprofit. Yeah. yeah we're, we're about the no, living I'm life, water. I'm a life coach. <laughs> we're all about living yeah. water, the bread of life. You know, we just do that kind of stuff. Yeah. I had a new neighbor I met just a few weeks ago. And first thing I said, Hey, how you doing? I said, I'm new in the, in the neighborhood. And she's like, are you the pastor? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you. What was your name? My name's Chris. She's like, are you the pastor? And I said, I'm sorry. My name's Chris. What's your name? She's like, Oh, you don't want to tell me, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, I'd rather us just get to know each other first. And so, <laughs> she laughed and we had a good conversation and then she opened up and told me all kinds of stuff about her life. Awesome. You know? Yeah, that is awesome. But right. I, I think, I mean, I, I was going to say this, I think, you know, in those conversations, like you kind of hear my style of relating to people is very conversational, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that's everybody's style of engaging. So, I mean, there's some people are more wired for like an intellectual conversation where it's like, and, and people respond to that. They might have some friends at work that are highly intellectual. And so they're highly intellectual. And so they engage people in more of an intellectual 
conversation more than just a relational conversation or quite honestly some people might be more confrontational in a healthy way you know it's kind of like scripture you see all the time it says repent and believe not that we walk around holding up signs telling people to repent and believe but scripture says we we do love people in, in gentleness and respect and there might be times where your style is confrontational so again i think some of it is knowing who you are and how you best relate to people, how you best engage in spiritual conversations with people, and using who you are, you know, because again, I think sometimes we hear one person's story, you might have heard Carl's story and thought, oh, I got to do it just like Carl. The reality is, I mean, we're all different. And so yeah. figure out figure out your style um, so that you you can engage with people in a very authentic way where it doesn't feel so, so rushed, I mean, so pressured to live in somebody else's you know, personality or somebody else's style. And our stories are all different, right? So, I mean, Carl's got a different story than I've got. Mm -hmm. And so I think we, we had to know our story and use our stories because I think that's important for people to understand where we've come from. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think about there's people who, uh, you know, they've hosted like theology and pint nights or something uh, like a local pub or something like that. And, um, you know, they, they realize that just because of their interest, Mm -hmm. they want to talk about philosophy and things like that. And they can engage with people that, uh, I'm probably not going to engage with as yeah. well. And so, uh, you know, we can bless that and encourage that and yeah. celebrate some of those stories. And, uh, you know, we recently had a, a podcast with uh, Dave and Carla Vanderwide talking mm-hmm. about how music was important for them yeah. and how they uh, wanted to see music as a way to, to build community mm-hmm. and invite people. And um, just an amazing thing to see how people yeah. use creativity and use the things that they like to do yeah. as they're going yeah. to go and build relationships, uh, relationships of integrity, integrity yeah. and, and, and love people where they are. So it's pretty cool to see. So as you think about this, uh, this table talk series, I feel like I've heard some people tell me, you know, I've, I've been more inspired to invite somebody over recently. In fact, some of my small group was sharing how coincidentally their, their HOA did a block party recently. And so, uh, you know, they were just, it was already provided for them kind of this table. And so they just were able to interact with it and it gave them a little bit of a different perspective of, I'm going to go here and interact with some people here. And, um, you know, they were just encouraged by the opportunity to meet some new people that they hadn't known before. And, um, I don't know what came out of it or what will come out of it, but like for them, they were, they've been impacted by this, uh, this series and one takes some next steps. Have you heard some of the same things so far? Yeah, I've heard and, and met with people. It's been good just to hear not only people's stories of starting that, but people who have already even been doing that. And it's kind of a natural rhythm for them. And I think, uh, sharing those stories, it, it, there's a great freedom in that for other people about just how easy it can be to have people and invite people to be around your table. It doesn't have to necessarily be this formal thing that some people are like, yeah, we just take food out of our fridge. We all come together and, you know, we share a meal together because it's important for us to be together. And just helping people understand this isn't some formulaic thing that's like, all right, step one, invite these six people, make sure four of them are lost. Step (laughs) two, only serve this. Step three, do not have this. Uh, but really allow the freedom, like Chris was saying, to just be who you are. Where are you? You know, what? Who? What is? Your, are you an intellectual type of guy? Are you just more highly relational and, and live into how God's wired you to do that? And so I see people doing that and really just having freedom and creating freedom for them to do that. Yeah. And to feel comfortable or be okay with being misunderstood like yeah. Jesus was. I mean, yeah. you yeah. know, that's okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I think I've, what I've heard from people is kind of some of the excuses that we all make. I think the series has kind of, you know, made them consider their excuses and go, okay, yeah, that's just been an excuse. So it's like, hey, if it just means, hey, everybody go pick up a brown bag and let's meet at the park. Like, I don't have to, 
I don't have to prepare a, you know, five course dinner and have play settings in my house. Like you can still be intentional in your relationships and it can be as simple as that, you know, order a pizza together. And so I think some people that would use certain things as an excuse, like my house isn't nice enough, or I might not even have enough money to feed multiple other families. It's like, you know, there's other ways to do this in a way that you can just, like I said, be who you are, be creative. Um, but get around the table and have some conversations. Yeah. One of the things that I feel like we've tried to do, uh, especially when the weather's really nice, like it has been recently, is uh, is just to order pizza and and eat in our front yard. Like we put a little yeah. table up there and we, you know, we've even invited other people over and it's like, hey, go, go pick up your pizza. You know, we can all order from the same place and have yeah. one person just go pick it up. Yeah. You know, and pizza is, is fairly inexpensive. And so, yeah. uh, you know, it's basically potluck or bring your own pizza and we all just hang out in the front. And yeah. so- uh, it doesn't have to be formal and it doesn't have to be super expensive. I mean, it could just be very normal things that you might yeah. just do normally. So I love the story we shared before on Grand Schuyler who built a, a kind of a porch and a fence in their front yard so they can engage their front yard neighbors. Whereas in our culture today, people are kind of hiding out in the back. And so I, I love the fact that, you know, what can we do in the front that allows people just to see us and know us? And it's a more open door for people as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting also. I think about just the dynamic in my house where, you know, we'd say I'm the gas pedal and my wife's probably more of the brake, you know. And so I'm wired where I'm like, hey, let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. And usually it'll take my wife a little bit longer to get there. And so I have to be mindful when I'm doing this also to even just think through how her gear may be a little lower than mine and to to do this in a way where, you know, we have opportunity to do it together, but she always gets there with me, but I just have to be mindful of that because I'll just go, go, go. Oh yeah. I mean, Chris, you probably relate to that too. There's probably a lot of people who relate to those same things, just different personality mixes within marriage and within household. And you got to work together in that. Well, you and Lindsay are probably both pretty, yeah, I'd say we're both more pretty outgoing. outgoing she, she's definitely more of that for sure. Um, so yeah, I feel like we try to. L- Lindsay's find, your wife, right? Lindsay is my wife. Okay, yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and we try to we try to work together in that and and love our neighbor as well. But yeah, no, she's she's probably more the gatherer. Like yeah. when I think about my closest friends are probably the husbands of the closest friends that she has. So yeah. she's, she gathers in people and then that's when I, I, I get to know their husbands and they become close friends from yeah. there, but she goes yeah. and grabs them. So, uh, yeah. So when you think about some of the most impactful conversations or interactions with people as you are going, whether it's over a cigar or at a football game or whatever it might be around your dinner table what are those moments that really stick out where you're thinking, wow, like God is doing something in this person's heart and I'm, I'm get, I get to be a part of this right here where I'm sitting with this person. Yeah. I, I think, uh, Ryan, God's allowed me to be in some, uh, super challenging situations where, uh, he has shown up in incredible ways. And I, and when I think about, uh, the ones that just felt the weightiest for me yet, uh, I found that my presence was uh, such a deep act of love for these people that God worked through it was uh, just meeting with uh, a guy who was uh, really not only near divorce, but also suicide and felt a a great uh, deal of hopelessness and really just having time with him over cigar, an extended amount of time. Uh, where I was able to be with him, remind him of how much God loves him in Christ, that God worked in those moments. And there was uh, more hope 
for him. There were greater options and opportunities for uh, reaching out and finding out that, look, you know, those, these things that have such great finality and consequences, uh, man, God can redeem these times and these moments, and he did. And, you know, that's one of those things that'll make me tearful to think how God would allow me to be a part of something so sweet. Uh, but he has, and it's, uh, it's also one of those things that, you know, I go in those moments sometimes, and I'm like, Holy Spirit, you are just going to have to, you're going to have to give me everything because I got nothing. And, you know, God is faithful in that. And, you know, I, I just realized that, you know, I, I think so often that we or I, let me put, you know, it's like, you know, what is it, What's this greatest commodity that we have? What is it? Is it, you know, is it money? Is it this? And man, it's, it's just our time and, and being present with people in these moments, however that is for someone that uh, just shows great love to other people. And so I've seen that having the opportunity to, opportunity to do that, uh, God has been uh, gracious uh, to the people I've been with and to me as well in that. That's awesome. Chris, what about you? I think, I mean, for me, it starts with just making sure my own heart is feeling compassion for people, you know? And so, you know, the scripture in Matthew talks about when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them. And again, sometimes we can run so fast and we're so busy and we're trying to run kids here. We're trying to knock out projects here. Like people just get in the way, you know, of that stuff. And so I have to just pray regularly, God, give me just compassion for people so that when those moments do happen and I can be present, you know, I'm, I'm ready to be a good listener. I'm ready to show empathy. I'm really, I'm ready, I'm ready to, you know, care for that person's, you know, moment of pain. And so I think that's the moment for most healthy conversations that I've had recently were in the midst of somebody's pain. It could be, you know, their marriage is falling apart and they're feeling like, man, my whole world's about to be upside down and they're reeling, you know, or they've lost a loved one or someone, you know, in their, in their families had addiction that is just consuming their whole family. And so there's just a lot of those kind of moments where people are in the midst of pain that just being able to be present in that situation. And my heart hopefully is ready to engage in a very compassionate way you know, it, it opens up some real opportunities to share the hope of Jesus in that. Yeah, I, it seems that all of us being campus pastors that uh, in this season, there's been a lot of opportunities, Chris, like you're saying, to mm-hmm. to show compassion and to have compassion for the people that have, you know, I think COVID's obviously brought a lot of stuff to the surface for people. And so having the opportunity to, to jump in that is, uh, it's been, it's been good. Yeah. Good. How about for good, you? Good, it's same for you, Ryan, do you? I mean, are you seeing that kind of the the same thing? I know we have. We don't always necessarily talk about, hey, well, what's the depth of this that you've had to experience? But, uh, I mean, I know it's the same for you. Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's definitely opportunities uh, that God has put before me and uh, seen people grow and, um, yeah, just to be able to live authentically before people. Um, you get to see the impact that it has on my heart and the impact of other people as well. And then stepping into just challenging situations with people. I mean, especially as you mentioned during COVID, you know, a lot of stuff has, has been shaken around and bubbled up to the surface. And so there's marriages that are, that are struggling. And, um, you know, when people are, when there's, when you have relationships with people enough to where people feel like they can actually be themselves and show and reveal what's really going on inside their hearts and inside their marriage, well, man, now you can really respond to those things um, because, you know, you, you, 
for a long time, people will try to hide it because they feel mm-hmm. like, no, I can manage it or, you know, no one else is struggling with this. And so I'm trying to just, you know, you know, pull myself up and I'm going to buy my bootstraps and, yeah. and muscle through this. And, um, you know, when you're showing up in people's lives, mm-hmm. there's opportunities to, to do that whenever, you know, the training wreck happens. Yeah, but it requires authenticity on mm-hmm. our part too, right? Like mm-hmm. we got to be vulnerable when we're struggling, when we're going through hard times, you know, and have those conversations with people that we're engaged with too. So they know, okay, this dude doesn't have it all together yeah. either, right? Like, yeah. I mean, he's got marriage issues. He's got kid issues. He's got, you know, other struggles that he's facing that he's honest and vulnerable about. And so I do think, you know, it's not being the answer guy that has all the right answers. It's just being a real dude yeah. that has real problems yourself. And people, you know, feel comfortable knowing, okay, this guy's been authentic with his stuff. I can be, you know, it's a safe place yeah. to to have some vulnerability and be authentic, you yeah, know. Absolutely. Yeah. So any other parting words that you want to encourage someone who might still be thinking, man, I don't really know what this looks like. Like what would your encouragement be to someone who who really just needs a little bit of a nudge to to get out the door and as they're going, you know, love and serve and build relationships with people? I, I, there are passage of scripture that comes to mind is First Peter 3, where it says, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. That's kind of the first part of that, because again, it's like, you got to go back to your own story. You know, how did, how did Christ you know, intersect your world. And so I think when we set our, set apart Christ as Lord in our own lives and we meditate on that, we were reminded of that, it moves us out. So the passage says set apart Christ in your heart and then always be prepared to give an answer to anyone who asks you for the reason for the hope that you have. And so hopefully in our conversations, questions come up, we have an answer to give the reason for the hope we have. And then it ends that, that encouragement with, you know, do this with gentleness and respect. And so we're not trying to beat people over the head, you know, with truth, but we're sharing our story and what God's done. We're engaging in honest questions and conversations and we do it with gentleness and respect. And so I think it starts with us just realizing, you know, we have a good God that's loved us well. So how do we love other people? Well, yeah. I think Ryan also, as we're talking about, as you go, you know, first, first Corinthians 10 talks about doing all things for the glory of God. And so look, as you go, you can do all these things for the glory of God. And uh, I think that when I've talked to people, they're somewhat hesitant is oftentimes they think it just depends on them. And, you know, Chris talked earlier about Paul, uh, Paul planted Apollos water and God's responsible for the growth. I mean, when you understand that God is the one who will change hearts, God's the one who brings people from death to life, there's a great freedom in that. And you, you remember, you know, Luke 19, 10, that the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. So, man, let's let's engage the mess. God's for us, Jesus is with us, and His Spirit is inside of us. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks Chris, for the opportunity. Thanks for Steve. having me, Jim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Thanks for the conversation. Good time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I hope this conversation was helpful. If you want to watch the video of this podcast or share it with a friend, you can find it at clearcreekresources.org, where you can also find articles, music, and a lot more. Again, I'm Rachel. Thanks so much for joining us today.